Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now I want to help you master your money. Master your money. We are here again with Greg Walker. Greg is the vice president of risk management at the firm. You definitely remember Greg because his episode building a buffer still remains one of our most popular episodes. So because of that, because of that reason, and because of that episode, Greg hosted a client facing webinar to the clients of Barnum Financial Group, uh, talking about the concept of building a buffer and how folks could apply that concept to their individual plans. Um, He had over 200 people register for that. So that went over really, really well. So we decided to have Greg on again, because this concept continues to draw attention and people continue to have questions about it. So we wanted to just keep talking. So Greg, welcome back. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me back again. I'm honored to be here. Oh, my, my pleasure. So I know you said that you've been swamped since the last time that you've been on, and that's great news. Tell us about some of the conversations you're having with people. What do those look like now? Yeah. So, you know, just as a a quick reminder and and, uh, summary, last time I was on, we talked about how to build up a buffer asset for retirement. We know building up assets and getting the best rate of return or the most rate of return is super important. But we also know that having some protection on those years that we see the downside come from the stock market, we do have an asset that's there to protect those downsides and ultimately give us longevity of our dollars in retirement. Mm -hmm. But a lot of conversations I've been having with people, especially on the younger side, are, you know, Greg, that sounds great. I know it's important to do, but that's 30, 35 years away from me. What if I do need access to that money or a portion of that money throughout my working years? And and what can I do with it? That was the main driver of what a lot of people were saying is how do I take advantage of this asset during my my working years? And can I make it work for me? So when you say people on the younger side, are we talking 40s? Uh, yeah, younger side, 35, 40, Got 45 it. or so. Where they're, they're, you know, 15 plus, 20 plus years yeah, away from 15, retirement. 15, 20 years or more away. Exactly. Yeah. Got so it. They could see the end, but it's still pretty far away where Correct. it's like, you know. And I, there's I a pro- and there's probably a lot of more pressing expenses yes. at the present moment. Somebody in that phase. So, Greg, what's your suggestion to yeah. these to these folks who yeah. want to save for retirement? They want to know their money's growing, but they want to have access to it. Yeah. And then you could start with a a whole life policy. Yeah, exactly. And that's where a whole life policy could be a a good starting point or a good fit for certain clients. Like we said last time, Elizabeth, this is not a concept for every single person out there. And and you always should talk with your advisor before you go and implement anything. Because fortunately and unfortunately, there's a lot of information out there in the world where you could try and go do your own research. But the hardest part is depicting fact versus fiction or opinion versus fact, I should say. Yeah, myth versus truth. Exactly. And and there's so much out there that the hardest part is deciphering that. Exactly. Of course. And and without knowing a lot about the topic, 
you might not always know exactly what to wean out and what to, to concentrate on. 100% the role of a financial planner, everybody. Exactly. Because to Greg's point, there's so much misinformation out there. Okay, so for people who are contributing to a retirement account of some sort, whatever works best for them, they want to continue to save, but they also want liquidity. They also want to feel safe knowing they have access to their money. Your suggestion, a possible suggestion is a whole life policy. Yeah. What are the benefits of that? Yeah, so benefits are... First and foremost, always protection. You pay one premium, you have a very substantial death benefit there to protect your family. God forbid something were to happen. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost is always protection when it comes to any sort of life insurance design. Mm -hmm. So we can get as fancy as we want, put all the different bells and whistles on it. But in the end, you pay one premium and something happens. There's a substantial tax-free death benefit that's there to to protect your loved ones. Mm -hmm. So um, tax-free death benefit has tax-deferred cash value growth, which is what we have access to throughout our our working years and in retirement with tax-free income that comes to you as long as it's taken out of the policy properly. Mm -hmm. So it's, you don't get any benefits today on the tax side of things for saving into this, but you're essentially removing this money from the tax system and giving yourself tax-free access later to be able to control your tax bracket more later. So you, you do have to pay taxes on it later. Uh, nope. Up, only up front, only, only up front, up front on the contribution. Yep. So you'll pay it now. Right. So, so, and then later on, you, you have don't tax-free access. Exactly. To it. Because typically taxes don't go down. Typically you don't go down in a tax yeah. bracket. Or you so don't want to at least. You don't want to. Yeah. Exactly. So paying those up front allows you a bit more control to what you're paying versus getting a surprise in later Correct. years. Correct. And, and, you know, with, with the money that builds up inside of a a whole life policy, you know, you you might not have much access to it in the first couple of years and first five, six, seven, eight years. But once that, that dividend really starts accruing, which, you know, dividends aren't guaranteed, but mass mutual has been paying dividends since the 1860s. So it's, it's pretty predictable that, that there will be a dividend to to be paid. But as the, the dividends build, your cash value builds, you can utilize that money and really not impact the future of the, the policy at all. Let's give an example. Put yeah. this in perspective for people. So I'm, I'm going to use myself as the example. I am a 40 something year old. <laughs> I thought it was 39. Well, I thought it was 29. That's what you should have said. But I am a 40 something year old. We'll say early 40s. I have a family. I'm saving for retirement. Tell me. Put it into perspective. I'm I'm pretty healthy. Yep. You know, so I feel I feel like I would I would get, you know, standard or above for sure mm-hmm. as a rating. Talk to me about costs and cash value. Roughly. This is Greg's estimate, his best guess. Yeah. So costs th- these policies are very customizable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will always come in and say, Well, what's the cost? Mm-hmm. Well, what goal are we trying to solve and, sure. and what cash flows do we have to work with? Mm-hmm. You know, for a, a five hundred thousand dollar policy on a someone in their young forties, it could be anywhere from five, six thousand of contribution a year up to twenty or thirty thousand of contribution. Mm-hmm. And it's all within reason, but it's all based off the design that, that we're utilizing. Okay. So, but let's take an example of you paying in about five grand a year into a policy. Perfect. We get out to year 10 and, and in cash value, you have approximately 50,000, maybe $51,000. And this is really where the policy starts to get moving and where the momentum starts. At that year 10. Is at that point, correct. And 
at that point, let's just pretend the roof goes and it's going to be a $15,000 project. Ugh. Yeah. No one wants to think about Nobody it. Nobody likes that. I actually just went through that myself. Ugh, so it's, the worst. Yeah, not, not fun at all. Um, but it's going to be about 15 grand. You have the money in checking savings, but that's also your emergency money sure. with three kids. We know you need that money there Definitely. and don't really want to take money out of your assets that are invested. Correct. So out of the $50,000 in your whole life policy, you could loan to yourself 15 grand. A lot of people say, well, wh- why would I loan myself money? It's my money. Mm-hmm. But in essence, when you loan that money to yourself, number one, that's a tax-free loan. Yeah. And number two, the way the policy is structured is the growth of the policy and the growth of the dividends are not impacted by a loan. So think about that. Let's say in year 10, you have 50 grand. And in year 15, making up numbers, you're supposed to have 80 grand of cash. Yeah. You borrow 15,000 in year 10. As long as you pay that 15,000 back plus loan interest, you would still have $80,000 in your It's not going to, yep, it's not going to affect. Exactly. So balance. now you're you're using your money in two places at once. Yep. We're gaining still gaining growth and in, in, inside of our whole life policy and not impacting the future goal. Yeah. But we also didn't have to go to a bank or take money out of our assets and pay somebody else an interest rate. So get the roof down. we are paying interest, but we're paying it back into the policy. Correct. Versus a bank or a loan company or anything. Correct. But again, it's also that your policy is still growing. So let's say your loan rate is 5%. Yeah. Where right now that might actually be a pretty good rate, yeah. but going back 18 months, that might not have been a good rate at all. Yeah. Because we can go get money at, from a lender at three, three and a half. So when you loan your money at 5%, but you're growing at five, five and a half percent, not growing by much, but mm-hmm. you're still growing still each and growing, every year, yeah. right? And and as we start to see some normalization between interest rates in the short term and long term, that difference between the amount you loan and the amount you grow will get much greater. Mm-hmm. So um, it really is a almost a permission slip as long as it's used properly and designed properly to you take that money, utilize it, and live your life, take care of what you need to take care of, pay it back over a certain period of time that you designate four years, five years, six years, whatever it may be, and not impacting the overall goal of creating that retirement buffer bucket. What happens if unfortunately, God forbid, you need to use that policy for what it's true intention for, which is protection? Yeah. So really the loan would be taken care of by the death benefit. So if you had a $500,000 death benefit, they would take it. You loan 10 grand out, 10 grand would get paid back to the carrier. 490 would go to your family. Got it. Got it. So it's always covered and collateralized by the policy. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Why don't more people do this? Is it more just a knowledge gap? Yeah. Part of it's a knowledge gap. Part of it is you hear me say over and over when used properly, this works. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people try to do is almost game the system and say, I'm going to take everything out and never pay it back. And that's where you get into trouble. So people, well, there's again, lots of videos out there. If there's, so let me understand yep. that. Say to your, let's use the example. It's year 10. We have a cash value balance of 50,000 and they say, I'm going to take out 49,000 of it. Okay. Then what happens? And then they're just expecting that the policy is going to take care of itself. Everything's going to be fine. And I'll still have money later in life to be able to utilize it. But really everything would have to go perfect in your policy in order for that to happen. You're really stressing the policy out a lot. And again, unfortunately, this is where a lot of the videos online are, are promoting the fact to say, take it all out, let <gasps> oh. it, let it grow inside. And, and now you're growing. And now it's places. like, an, it's like an ATM. Exactly. Right. They never have to put anything back into. So, and that's where we run into problems and, and trouble. And I feel calls 
daily, weekly from, from people calling in that saying, Hey, I want to put a hundred grand in. I want to take 95 grand out tomorrow and never put a dime into it again. I have to you know, really talk to them about like, that's really not the best way to do this. It's not the proper way to do this. You're not going to get out what you think you're going to get out of this. So let's, br- so let's break that down. Let's yeah. stick with my example. I did it. I have, it's year 10. I take out 99% of the cash value of that policy. When you say the policy gets stressed out, what does that mean? Yeah. So remember, we we talked how there is a loan interest associated with this, Correct. right? So that's how we're getting the money out tax-free. Yep. I'm loaning the money to myself. Yep. So even though our policy is growing by the same or a greater amount, we still have loan interest that's accruing inside the policy. Yep. So if you get to a point where that dividend that's in your plan is much smaller than the loan interest, Oh, you're going to start to build a balance. Just the opposite is yes. going to happen. Now exactly. you're, yes. Now you're acquiring a debt Correct. through the policy. Correct. And now you, your, your policy can't even keep up with, with uh, the loan that you took. Now, if you did that, Elizabeth, and said, I'm going to take that money out and immediately I'm at least going to start paying loan interest out of pocket, you could actually sustain that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a take yes. and run away. It's we need to service this properly and utilize it properly. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, when when you want to utilize the death benefit there, you could either have a bill mm-hmm. where you owe money back yep. into the policy or there's not as much there as you thought. Would exactly. Be that's that's both. Both can happen. Yeah. And the biggest fear is, is you do that. We know you're in your young 40s right now. Mm-hmm. You take all that money out and just by chance, it does survive until you're 75 years old. Now, at that point. You either have to put in a lot of money just to keep it going and avoid mm-hmm. a tax bill, which is what you wanted to avoid to begin with. Exactly. Um, or the policy is going to lapse and there could be what we call phantom tax. And this kind of just comes out of nowhere because we're never expecting it. But again, it, it was all because the policy wasn't serviced properly and wasn't utilized properly. And again, in that situation, anything owed would come out of death benefit. Correct. If, if you passed. If you passed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, it's tempting. I know. And you could see why it's tempting. Mm -hmm. It's also in my mind, one of those too good to be true theories. Most of the time when it is too good to be true, it is. Yeah, exactly. Usually you're missing something about the truth. But the scariest part of that to me, Greg, is I haven't, I, now that you say it like that, there is so many video videos, especially Mm -hmm. online of people telling you to utilize your cash value as if it were, you know, yeah. cash money coming out of a machine. Right. And that is, that is scary information. It is. And before you do anything like that, that this, what you're talking about right now is, or may only be applicable in certain situations. So as Correct. always master money listeners, you always need to consult a financial professional, a certified and licensed financial professional before you make any financial moves such as this such as starting to build a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's a phenomenal strategy and I don't mm-hmm. want to scare people from, mm-hmm. from using it. Cause that's, I, I personally have used it myself sure. more than three times in my policy. First time I did it, I was renovating my, my house and I needed extra money to finish the bathroom. Sure. And instead of trying to scrounge or loan or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'll just loan that money from my whole life policy. Mm-hmm. And the way I did it was I loaned the money out. I knew I was still renovating my house. So cash flow was a little tighter. But I just paid back 50 bucks a month, mm-hmm. just a small amount, just to pay something. And then at the end of the year, I put an extra thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, whatever was was available at, at the time. 
Then the next year, maybe upped it a little. I mm-hmm. started paying like a hundred bucks a month. And then again, at the end of the year, I went through my cash flow and everything. And I put an extra 1800 down where I eventually paid it off over a three-year period, but I wasn't restricted to the bank's terms. I wasn't impacting my credit. If I needed to stop a payment here and there, I could. If I only could put 500 at the end of the year, fine. But I always still had the ultimate goal of paying off that loan. It was never meant to be a, I'm taking this and I'm running. It's I'm taking this and I want to use this later again. Greg, pay it off. let's back up a second. Let's back up. Reverse. You are a pretty young guy. Mm. So again, without getting into specifics, for you to have a cash value of, again, you don't need to share your, your biz with us, but for you to have a substantial enough cash value to do home renovations, yeah. you must have had that policy in place for... Let's see. At that point, it was eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Again, you're a young guy. Yeah. So to get yourself a whole life policy at an eight years younger. Yeah. It's 20, 23. Well, now everybody, now everybody can so just now do, can do Now everybody can just do the math. Um, but that's really amazing. And just yet again, in certain situations, another benefit yeah. to getting life insurance at a young age. For sure. And and I'll say I was a little skeptical at first to even get it myself. And of I'm in the business and the industry, you know, being all based on on commission and all variable income, had mm-hmm. no idea what was coming in. But I had a manager mentor that was like, I, I promise you, Greg, if you put something in place, you won't miss a payment. And as hard as things got and as up and down as things were, I never missed a monthly payment on that policy. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I'm like, wow, it was the best thing I did because mm-hmm. there was plenty of times that I said, oh, I can't put money into savings this month or, yeah. oh, I need to lower my retirement contribution because I can't. Yes. But this was forcing me to save yes. each and every month, no matter what. Yes. And when I was renovating, you know, didn't listen to the old man when I set my own budget and he said, you're going to run out of money. And I said, no, I'm not. You know, construction for 35 years. Why would he be right? And boom, there <laughs> we go. Told, he told yeah, you. He did. He did. Um, so so that money was there. And and if I wasn't forced to make that that payment every month, and personally, I look at it as a payment. So yeah. I'll never miss a payment, never miss a bill. So, but it is really a contribution to an account that that you have access to. But yeah, I used it eight years in, then I used it again in year eleven. I think again in year 13, might have wow. been 12, but 13. Good for you, Greg. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love, I love that story because we're always trying to educate people on why buying life insurance young. Yeah. It's it's never a bad thing. Never. Early so the better. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's just another good reason why. What else do we need to know about building a buffer? The structure of the the policy that you're using is really important. And and the way you're setting the contribution schedule, because I actually never finished what I was starting before Oops, about whole sorry. life. No, it's all right. I do. I get off topic a lot. Elizabeth. We do. So we do, the third, the third part of the policy is a guaranteed level premium for a predetermined amount of time. So we have our death benefit, our cash value and a guaranteed level premium, a premium, what you pay every year. Correct. Correct. And it's priced kind of like a mortgage is priced, mm-hmm. right? You buy a house and you can have a 30 year mortgage where on a $500,000 house where you'll pay a lower uh, annual or monthly amount. But over 30 years, you pay a lot more than if you got a 15-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. Where in a 15-year mortgage, you pay more annually, but in total, you're paying a lot it's less. Nice. And you're also building up equity a lot faster in that 15-pay uh, uh, mortgage. Same thing in a whole life structure. We could structure it where these are much longer dragged out payments, where it's more designed for death benefit, but has cash value and, mm-hmm. and you could use it. 
Or we can look to condense some of these structures and say, how can we pay it up in 12, 20, 15, 20 years and really align with retirement to not have that, that drag of a payment during the retirement years and mm -hmm. be completely done, fully funded, beautiful, clean policy and, and bucket of money that you can utilize later on. And, and when I say guaranteed, I mean, that's a contractual payment. Mm -hmm. So if we say a whole life 15 or a whole life 20, contractually 15 years, contractually 20 years, doesn't matter what the market does or doesn't not do at all. If you tried to pay in year 16, they would send your money back. They wouldn't take it. I know. Think they about that. They wouldn't even well, take sure they would your take money. It, you know? Never know. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is good to know. So yeah. people feel like they have control. They can plan. They can budget. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's great. Yep. So controlled premiums, access to cash value. And then as always, like you said, the most important part, protection, protection. a death benefit for your family, for your beneficiaries. Correct. Because out of all these structures I've talked about and all these different ways you can utilize it and all these different ways you can have a policy in every single one of them. If you pay one premium and something happens, there's a death benefit there for your family. You're covered. You're covered. Which... Again, as a 20 year old, maybe you don't think of, but as you do, as you do progress in life and get older and build your family, yeah, you think about that much, much more often. You think about it more than I, I think about it more than I thought I would yes. once I had my little baby girl. Yes. Yeah, and, munchkin. you know, I, I thought personally I was covered well and all set. And this is outside of just whole life. This mm -hmm. is just life insurance in general. Um, and then I ended up in increasing my coverage pretty significantly mm -hmm. once, once she actually step foot. Well, we step foot in the door with her, but, yes. um, yeah, Aww. there's other senses of, of protection that, that we can add into the, the policy as well, where we like to say it could be a self-completing plan, even if you're not able to earn an income, you know, there's a lot of assets out there that we, not a lot, all assets are funded from what most of the time our income. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there's a lot of times that, you know, on the life insurance side, we're always talking about the biggest, God forbid, what if, if I pass away, how do I protect my family? And that's where the life insurance comes in. Mm -hmm. But the other what if, or God forbid, is what if I'm here and not able to earn an income because of a disability? Mm -hmm. There's a feature that we uh, attach to almost all these policies that if you ever became disabled, the plan would self-complete and the carrier would step in and pay that premium on your behalf. So it's a little bit of extra protection on your policy overall and, and a way to almost guarantee that that the policy and the bucket of money will be there in the future, even if you can't earn an income and, and stay where your 401k won't be funded, Correct. your other brokerage accounts won't be funded, but this would be a bucket that that would be there for you. So, well, that has to make people feel good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's a great thing to have and, and to know that no matter what, I, I'll at least have this bucket here. Yes. I'll at least have this bucket, even if my 401k and other retirement accounts aren't being funded. Yeah. What types do you get objections from clients? What are more reservations that you hear? Or is it truly just once you explain it, making sure it fits in their financial plan and then you make a decision accordingly if it works or yeah. if it doesn't work? No, I, I get, we get pushback all the time on this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the main pushback we get is we always go back to just lack of education yeah. and, and lack of understanding or they were told something in the past by someone that, yes. you know, that's how they made their whole notion about this, this process. So they almost come in close-minded as like, I'm listening, but uh, you know, I'm just listening. <laughs> what, what did, um, producer Mike, what did yes. we, we call that anchor bias? Yes. Anchoring bias when you, when it's something that you learned so long ago and then it's, it kind of permeates your life. That, 
Yes, that happens a lot. Anchor bias. So you hear something randomly from somebody at a cocktail party or you hear something at one point in your life and you just hold on to it. A lot of the time it's it's my dad when he was 30 took out something or did something and that guy screwed him and it was terrible. And he got rid of things are very different and just in general, but, um, (laughs) you know, that's why we always go back to the structure and and the why behind what we're doing. Um, but yeah, that, that's a big pushback we get. And the other big pushback we get is everything we've talked about is, is really little bit down the road, right? Seven, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years down the road where you have access. But in the first one, two, three, four years, there's really not a lot of liquidity and a lot of access to the policy. So if someone has a more shorter term goal or looking to, to yeah. utilize this in the very, very short term or cash flow, they just, they just can't manage the cash. Exactly. Flow the yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So th- those are probably the biggest things that we get in response, but, um, fair points. Yeah. Very, they are very fair points, but like we said, it's not for everyone no. and it's not for every goal or everything you're trying to do. If you're looking to build up a, an asset and access every penny of it in two years, then the whole life probably is not yep. even close to the best option <laughs> for you. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other things to look at. Yep. But if, if you're looking to build it into your overall pie of assets that I'm going to have access to and utilize later with knowing there are there is some midterm access, phenomenal bucket of money to, to utilize and phenomenal strategy to put in place. Beautiful. Greg, this has been wonderful. Thank you again for coming onto the show. Thank you again for re-explaining and furthering that conversation. Thank you again for having me, Elizabeth. I will come back anytime you want to have me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203 513-6000.